It is Sam Sermons, and it's another edition of What Do I Do Now? I am pleased to know that there are so many people that are following, subscribing. It makes me excited. I'm getting a lot of good feedback, so definitely make sure you are rating it in all your platforms. Give me five stars you think I deserve it. If you don't, just DM me directly. We'll fix it. But anyway, anyhow, this episode is really special to me because I'm talking to one of my hometown folks right now. Brandon Wood joins the podcast. How you doing, Wood? What's good, bro? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, you know, we're just going to get right to the first question. It's the same question I ask everyone on the podcast. How are you doing in the middle of this pandemic? I know we're a year in now and things have definitely changed for everyone, but how are you and your wife doing? Oh, we're doing great. Definitely unfortunate times for a lot of people around the world, around the country. I mean, the pandemic has kind of done us pretty well. You know, I was at the beginning, I was stuck in Argentina for about two months, you know, but I was over there comfortable, so it wasn't too bad. My wife, she really, after all these years, you know, this really like the first kind of like phase where we've kind of feel like we live here and we're kind of starting to get settled in in America after like 10 years. So, I mean, it kind of gave her a chance to get settled in while I was gone. And then once I came back after, you know, kind of when the quarantine started, you know, we kind of just picked up from there and, you know, got our schedules together, got our routines together here in America. And, you know, it's been great for us. I mean, it's, it's been nothing but blessings and positivity. All right, so we're going to jump in the time machine throughout this entire episode. So now I'm going to take you back to the end of our senior season at high school, that 2006-2007 season. And I think everyone at that point in time knew that you were definitely going to take it to the next level. So you signed a letter of intent to play for SIU, Southern Illinois University. Walk me through that entire process, like how you got there and what was that like? Man, I, I arrived at SIU in the summer right after we graduated. And you remember I had that shoulder surgery, so I was like kind of mid-injury. So once I arrived on campus, I really wasn't, I, I couldn't practice or anything. I couldn't practice, I couldn't lift weights, I couldn't really do anything. So it kind of wasn't the ideal start, but you know, once the season started going, I started getting in practice, you know, it all went good. Uh, but ultimately my body just wasn't prepared. You know, I think it was a, a big part of that was from not being able to participate that summer prior to my freshman year, but I ended up having a stress fracture in my leg and had the medical red shirt, you know, so thankfully ended up getting that freshman year back on the back end, you know, and it, and it worked out pretty good. <laughs> and you also made your mark collegiately. Did your year over at Highland, then you went to Valpo for two seasons, represented, making a few all-conference teams in the process under Coach Drew. Like you alluded to, you got an extra year on the back end from your medical red shirt. So share with me the process of you going from Valpo, a solid mid-major, to a Big Ten and ending up in Michigan State, playing for the legendary Tom Izzo. Man, it was everything I could have imagined, man. It was, you know, just being, he, he's probably the greatest leader. Him and Draymond probably the kind of, obviously before then I've had great leaders back to Coach Wade, you know, and, you know, just coming up through high school. But him and Draymond really kind of opened my eyes to what a real leader was, you know, especially Draymond. But, you know, just playing for Izzo, it was, you know, just, I remember the year before I went there, you know, just watching them on TV and just, kind of daydreaming and imagining like, man, I, I could play there, you know, and then to find myself to have the opportunity to follow a year, I mean, it was kind of a no-brainer, you know, so, but playing for Izzo, I mean, I, I obviously get that question a lot, you know, but he's a fiery guy, you know, very passionate, but one thing that I, I loved about him is like he 
just as quick as he'll get fiery and get in your face and yell and all this and that. It's like he, what fires him up is us doing the same thing in return. So it was like whenever he was going at me, it was like, you know, we kind of just going back and forth, you know. So it was real, it was a different level, level of respect and, you know, just a different level of accountability, you know, but that, that he should open my eyes to, you know, and it's definitely – I've been able to apply it ever since. All right, so before you got there, you actually played in the season prior. And correct me if I'm wrong, but did you not drop 30 on them real quick? Yeah, 24. 24, all right. You know, those six points are just still out on the floor. I know I know you're able to get it. I know you're a walking bucket. But I want to go back to you mentioning Draymond, and I want to know, is he one of the reasons how you got to Michigan State? Yeah, well, as uh, soon as kind of the rumor kind of got out there that I, was, I had opened up my recruitment, and I had a few conversations with Izzo, Draymond was the first person that, you know, reached out to me and pretty much told me what to expect, you know, kind of what I was getting myself into, becoming a Spartan, you know, just give me a little rundown of the, the history, the tradition, you know, just the, and just kind of the manner you got to walk in, you know. So he, he kind of tested me out to see if I was prepared, you know, and, and once I got on campus, you know, we kind of hit the ground running. But, yeah, he, he showed a lot of love. We lived together that year, you know, so just to be able to spend time with each other and just get to know each other's families and what we've been through and see our similarities. And now just to see where his career has taken him is, you know, I love answering those questions when people ask me about Draymond because it's just a true underdog story. You know, he really, you know, got it out the mud and he's really put in the work. You know, he deserves everything that he's received and earned and everything that's ahead. And definitely got to commend him on his journey, but I can't be remiss to underscore your journey in all this process. So, you know, we started hooping together, you know, in about high school. And I remember sitting next to you in practices and things like that and watching game film. Now we, went, we went back further than that. Maple Crest days. All right. So we're going to take it all the way back. Me and Brandon are actually from Kokomo, Indiana. We are not natives. We were not born there, but that is what we consider home. Mm-hmm. So I first started playing against Brandon in the sixth grade. Brandon went to the county school, Northwestern, and I played for Maplecrest. And we would win the city every year. Shout out to everybody that was on their squads. You know, we did what we had to do. But every year we meet him in the city county championship, and we never beat Northwestern. Yeah, those were some intense games, though, man. I remember, like, I could – man, those were some intense games. You know, that's when we kind of – you know, that first competitive spirit, you know, we started, we're about to head into high school, you know, so that's when it was getting real, you know, so that was, those was always fun battles, you know, coming into Kokomo, playing Maplecrest, Bonaire, Central, you know, seeing, uh, you know, because I grew up, I was born and raised in Kokomo, but I was kind of out in the county, you know, so I was familiar and knew a lot of people, but I didn't really spend a lot of time with people growing up, so, you know, I always look forward to, you know, coming into Kokomo and, and getting those dubs. <laughs> All right, so we'll move a little forward. You know, you get to high school, you transfer into Kokomo, finally got you on the right team. And, you know, you started getting some ticking, you know, varsity, you know, doing the thing. I didn't, know. I didn't. Hold up, I know I'm getting old, but t- t- what really happened, bro? I-, I played JV the freshman year. I only dressed two, like, I only played two varsity games. Shut up. Yeah, I only played, I got in against Carmel at the end, and I got in against Lawrence North at the end, and Conley lit me up from three. I remember it, like. I remember I was on defense. I'm guarding. I'm like, man, it ain't no chance I can guard him right now. And luckily, he just pulled it up. 
<laughs> and everybody that knows who plays a varsity sport in high school, the level of competition just goes up. And you're never quite prepared until you get busted one time. But now, you know, let's go to your sophomore season. And that team right there was special. You know, I got to give a shout out to Scooter. Got to give a shout out to Tristan. Got to give a shout out to Eddie. There were so many cats on that team that was just straight hoopers. Yeah, it was, man. That was like... That was that was the best high school team I've ever played on, and to this day, I would put that team against any Kokomo team. I don't care who it is, but yeah, man, just to be able to play under Coach Wade and have leaders like Scooter around, you know, he's actually very similar to Draymond in the fact that like he really held us accountable too. You know, we didn't really Coach Wade was there, but like Scooter held us accountable and made sure we were doing what we were supposed to do and made sure we were working hard, but. You know, playing with that team, Tristan, I mean, I remember growing up watching him, just being so athletic. Who else on the team? Trevion, you know, he was unstoppable. Big dog. Yeah, Trev G, he, yeah, he, he was a dog for real. Who else we have? My old quarterback, Matt Clayson, was on that roster. Spotting up, knocking down threes. He, he actually, Clayson lives like two miles down the road from me. But, yeah, man, that team was, was great to play for, man. Just a bunch of good guys, selfless guys, and, you know, we, we, we competed, you know, and we had teams that really scared out there. And speaking of high school, I definitely want to say that the NCC, the North Central Conference, is probably the toughest conference to play basketball in night in and night out. Just the amount of talent we would see in every single team. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, our conference schedule and then our non-conference schedule was always tough, too. You know, we always played the top teams, you know, North Central, Lawrence North, Carmel. Yeah, we we always we played the top Indianapolis teams, man. So that was great experiences playing against Greg Oden, Mike Conley, going to the North Central, playing against EJ and AJ Ratliff and Anthony Pasley. I mean, I, I remember Josh McRoberts at Carmel, you know. So playing against all those guys, man, it was amazing, you know, and just to see how everybody's career shaped out. And you know, I'm now I'm looking forward to you know how it's gonna all come back full circle and come together. All right, so now I'm going to fast forward. You know, you get your master's degree from Michigan State. You do your thing, and the next goal is to hopefully play in the NBA. So explain to me what happens after you finish at Michigan State. What was that next step like? Yep, yeah, for sure. So I finished up at Michigan State. Uh, We got beat in the Sweet 16 against Louisville. We actually played out here in Phoenix. So after that, following, you know, our exit from the NCAA tournament, I had, we had already arranged for, I was planning on going to Chicago and uh, moving there with my agent and being with my trainers and, you know, just starting my pre-draft workouts. Uh, So immediately once we left, I I was only in online classes, so I was pretty much, pretty much just hooping that year. I had like a class, like one class the first semester that I had to actually attend, but, you know, thankfully I had that type of schedule to where after we finished in the tournament, uh, I was able to leave and just go straight to Chicago and start getting prepared. So I went there and I was working out. Had a great, great training period leading up to when I first went overseas. But yeah, unfortunately, found myself in a situation in Chicago, wrong place, wrong time, surrounded with people you know I wasn't familiar with, and I had gotten some trouble. You know, so that kind of was the beginning of my career. Kind of didn't start off on the right foot, but you know my mentality like after that situation like I remember like the next day I'm right back in the gym you know so like that's kind of been one of my strengths throughout my whole life you know whenever something happened you know I've been through it all you know I've been through everything you know and so many things I could have stopped anything but that situation right there I remember you know next day I'm back in the gym you know and I haven't stopped since you know so it kind of just 
that kind of speaks for my persevering and, you know, getting through situations. And that's what I kind of like to pass back. And that's what I'm starting to talk to the kids about, you know, and just, you know, not only just tell my story, now start telling what I can teach from my story. And speaking of being resilient, um, I know you experienced some different locker room situations as an international player and being a different environment. So share with our listening audience right now just how that happened. Because I saw a story, but in your own words, what all was going on overseas? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, just the overseas business and the NBA business, although they have some connections, it's really a completely different business. You know, so really, like, playing overseas is usually year-by-year -year contracts, you know, so you're more apt to bounce around, you know. But early on, I kind of got a dose. So, like, my first – I first signed to Macedonia. I was there for a month. And we went to training camp for two weeks. We get back off the road for a month. And we have our first – we have, like, two, three days off once we get back. And we have our first practice. And after the first practice, the coach tells me, you know, Brandon, we're going to – we decide to go a different way. You know, we want more of a pure pass first point guard because, you know – you know, I'm getting straight to it. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, they come and tell me they want a, a different type of, they want to go a different direction. You know, so at that point, I kind of realized how the business kind of worked, you know, to where it's like you're really, I mean, it's really, overseas contracts really don't mean much, you know. So finding out and realizing what I did early on in the business, it kind of, uh, I chose to kind of navigate with a different mentality to where, like, you know, I, I've played in 11 different countries in eight, nine years, you know, where most people have kind of a little bit more stability business-wise, you know, but thankfully we've been able to still have that stability and still play full seasons, you know, all these years. But it's definitely a crazy business that, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, telling that whole story real soon. And I appreciate that small insight. I'm looking forward to that when it drops, however you drop it. And I definitely want to switch gears to highlight something that you've been doing since becoming a pro athlete. A lot of people, you know, get the ability to leave their hometown and sometimes they just never look back. But one thing about you is that you've brought your resource back in so many different ways. And I think the biggest one is through your LLC. Let's talk about Mobile LLC real quick, man. Yeah, for sure. So when I first went overseas, you know, I kind of knew it was important like my as you know my dad you know my dad anthony he's always been business mind he's been had businesses he's been an entrepreneur he's done his marketing for a long time so i was fortunate enough to have him guiding me along the way you know from a, from a, from the beginning you know so when i first went overseas we you know got our nonprofit legit we got our llc legit you know and that kind of gave me you know the platform to be able to do a variety of things whether it's you know camps or tournaments or talent shows or mentoring programs, you know, really just a, a platform to, you know, bring resources together and, you know, kind of pass them on and do what I could do, you know. So over the years, we've, you know, I've been overseas pretty much the last eight years and I've been able to plan and manage 35 plus events. It was, and it was natural, you know, it was just it, it, after I went overseas and I'm a pro now and I'm making some money, it's like that's it, it was the right thing to do. It was the only thing to do, you know, so I, I definitely took pride in, and still take pride in going back and doing my work and being as, as involved as I can. But it's been great, you know, did a lot of work in the community. Uh, we've done a lot of fundraisers. We've done clothing drives. So Kokomo and, and being able to operate and do and 
do a lot of business there. It's really given me a foundation to take my business mind, my, my mindset and my presence and my confidence in meetings and my, around millionaires and billionaires. Like it's really given me a foundation and a lot of experience to, you know, have that business confidence and have that presence. So, I mean, it's really positively affected me way more than probably people realize but you know i just hope they realize the passion and the love and just you know the continued support that i try to give back you know but it's it's, it's far from over and your give back didn't just stop in kokomo i know you've done events both in arizona and pennsylvania right yeah we've done some stuff uh we've had two like summer fest events called the pocono summer fest we've had two of those out in pa uh we weren't able to do this because this year because the pandemic but yeah, we've done stuff out there in uh in PA and out here in Arizona we're pretty involved, you know. It's I mean it's pretty the the foundation in the LLC, I mean it's pretty much wherever I go, you know, it's it's pretty much me. So I mean I have done a lot of work here. I do my volunteering, I do my training, uh you know, I'm now I'm aligning with some different companies, I'm on a couple of different boards, so now it's just, you know, kinda using my leadership and my management skills at higher levels to just you know, continue to bring those resources together and try to give back at higher levels. And speaking of giving back, one thing I noticed early on in the early stages of the LLC is you ended up bringing back something that made so much sense. Like when I saw it, I'm like, this is his lane. So growing up, we both played in Gusmacker and unfortunately in Kokomo, it ended up going away. I don't know the reasonings or business decisions that, you know, ultimately ended up folding, but you ended up bringing that back. Give me the whole rundown of how you ended up bringing that back. Uh, I mean, really just the love that stemmed from when we were kids growing up playing it. We traveled all around the state playing at different Gusmackers, whether it's Lafayette, Muncie, Kokomo. So, I mean, we pretty much, those, those were always the greatest, you know, especially being outdoor and three on three and having the food vendors and the music. You know, I think that's what kind of, you know, gave me that vision to want to host tournaments and be a part of tournaments, you know, so... Yeah, that was a lot. I mean, that was a lot of work, you know, and I pretty much did it, majority of it, all the planning myself. So that was a lot of work. And it really, for me, it gave me a chance to kind of get out of my comfort zone and bring some larger businesses together. And, you know, and it, it helped me, you know, just with that experience of being in those rooms and, and fundraising at higher levels, you know. So it really gave me a lot of experience. You know, I learned a lot from the Gus Macker, from bringing that back. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience, you know, great experience. And I know that, you know, you did it alone, and I know that takes a lot of work. And at some point in time, you ended up bringing someone along to help you work in the LLC. If you can please talk about your relationship with one of my good friends growing up, PJ Majors, and how he's helped enhance and grow your vision for Mobile LLC. Yeah, so, I mean, like we all, we all grew up together, you know, we, we all had our different relationships, you know, me and PJ, we weren't never the closest or best friends, you know, but as we, you know, finished high school, entered college, and continue to develop into, you know, the young men we are now, you know, it, kind of, it pretty much was a no-brainer. I mean, you, you've seen the the changes PJ's made over the years and the man he's become, the husband he's become, the father he's become, the brother, you know, so it, it really was a, I mean, it was a, the only decision, you know, it was the only decision. He was the person to align with and to be able to brainstorm with and confirm our thoughts and, you know, just bounce ideas off of each other, you know, so yeah, PJ's been, been great, you know, he's definitely been a great representation of, you know, the foundation and Mo Boy. 
So, uh, you know, like I said before, just, you know, look, looking forward to, to what's next and what's coming, you know, because it's, it's going to be it's going to be major. And now this part is something I think is near and dear to a lot of people that are from Kokomo. And I know it's extra special for you. One of our teammates, uh, Scooter, had run into some trouble and unfortunately was taken away from his family, his loved ones for an extended period of time. But thankfully, now he is home. And if you could please talk to how you are helping him transition into society and then transition into this next chapter of his life, because you were there every step of the way. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, he's, he's doing real well, man. He so proud of him, man. Just his, his adjustment. He's he's getting settled back in. You know, he's getting his license. He's calling me every day with something new. You know, he getting his clothes back right. You know, so definitely good to hear from bro. And you know, definitely glad that his presence and his energy is back. You know, amongst us all. You know, but yeah, that 2012. You know, that that situation actually happened. Uh, right along with the other situation, right before I began playing pro, you know, so I was kind of going through those situations at the same time. Between me and him, you know, we've we've always known the truth, you know, we've always known the facts, you know, so it never was, I never really questioned anything as far as what other people thought or said or this and that, you know, I, I was there, you know, I, I've been there ever since, you know, majority of times by myself, you know, or with my wife, you know, so I, that, you know, that's just what comes with, you know, life and, and experiences and different situations. But yeah, we definitely learned a lot about each other. I learned a lot about other people. So that situation, although it was tough and it, you know, we're through it now, it definitely was a kind of a blessing in disguise, you know, it kind of gave us, you know, that was our, our interest into the real world, you know, and it's just coming back together, you know, so looking forward to continue to help him get back established and uh, he has so much potential and he, you know, Scooter, he, he never, you know, we all make mistakes, you know, but he, Scooter never been a dummy, you know, so uh, looking forward to, you know, his impact that he'll have on the world because he'll, he'll be able to use that story and we'll be able to use that story, that exact story to make a bigger, a much bigger difference. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's part of the story and that's, that's going to be a major part and that's going to be heard around the world. Definitely. And I actually have a personal story I'll share with you soon that Scooter was actually here for my start in radio and he's always been solid with me and solid with anyone around. And what I'm most proud of is when it comes to Wildcat basketball, it's really something special because it's really a brotherhood where we have folks such as Evan Wilson and Justin Pugh, Alex Anglin, and our senior classmate Joseph Parker, who have, you know, found that second career outside of basketball. But then you got people like yourself you know, DJ Ballantyne, Taylor Persons, who continued that hoop dream and have made a career through basketball. And I think it's really special that our fraternity through basketball has connected us for life. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure, man. You, man, I just, I was just with Alex not too long ago, you know, but just uh, Joseph Parker, you know, we got, it's a lot of us, you know, I ain't going to say a lot, but it's quite a few, a good amount of us doing a lot of good things who, you know, continue to pursue, you know, continued any type of pursuit. You know, we've, we've, you know, gotten uncomfortable over the years. You know, we've pushed ourselves, we've sacrificed, we've, we've been through it all. You know, I'm sure, you know, you can tell plenty of stories to where, you know, you, there's a good chance, there's a possibility that you shouldn't even be here. You know, you might not even have stuck through with the radio and, you know, depending on everything you've been through. So just, just to see those of us who are, 
you know, continue to reach higher levels and, you know, I'm just looking forward to how it's going to come together. And wherever that may be or whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So it's definitely important that we stay connected. The core couple groups, group of us that are, you know, out here traveling and busting moves, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But I definitely want to make it down your way soon. Man, the key to the city is always here. You, Whenever you want to stop through, bro, it's done. Mm-hmm. Already, bro. Already. And I definitely want to highlight something you have put together, and I think it was a scheduling conflict why I wasn't able to make it, but you put together something really special for the city of Kokomo and especially for, you know, alums like ourselves in a historic basketball program that was in need of something. You know, there's other high schools in the Indy area that have their alumni games and things like that, and we didn't have one. So you decided, hey, I'm going to put one on, and you made it happen. So... How did that even come about? What made you even meet the need that we obviously needed? Uh, really, Scooter was the one who brought the idea up uh, a few years back. He, uh, you know, we were just talking on the phone, you know, uh, one of our conversations and just talking about everything. He brought it up, you know, and I'm, you know, a couple weeks later, it, it ain't, it, if, if I get an idea and I want to act on it, you know, I'm, I'm going to act on it right away. So, I mean, we put it together. I covered the basics, you know, got the gym, got the insurance, you know, got the support, got the school to, you know, say, give us the okay, you know, and then just invited the players and, and just showed up, you know. So, yeah, it was great to bring that back, you know, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it coming again, bro. You, you, we got we to get an appearance from Sam. We need, we need to get you there, bro. I will gladly come out of retirement for that game. I definitely got to host it in regards to being on the mic, but I got two good left-hand layups. That's all I got, bro. <laughs> hey, that's all good. And knowing you, I got to acknowledge you because you just had a birthday on January 5th. How is 32 treating you right now? Wow, man, it feels great. I mean, I, I'm, I've been doing what I wanted to do for a long time. You know, I've been I'm with my wife, my family healthy, I'm healthy. I've been hooping for a long time. I've been all over. You know, my business has been growing along the way. It's just sitting in like the foundation I've really built. You know, so now it's just, man, just see what I can do to, I keep referring to resources, you know, and I just understand the importance of, you know, the underprivileged communities and the, the homeless and the, the prison system and the recovery community. And, you know, I just want to do what I can do to help out all those people. You know, it's, it's not been about me for a while now you know so now i'm just looking to continue to grab my network and and see how i can help different companies and different businesses and you know just just bring positivity bring love and and, and just you know try to make a difference you know so i mean I, I couldn't be in a better place we we couldn't be in a better place so now it's just you know enjoy each day and you know stay close with one another and Right before we wrap up, I want to circle back to an episode I actually had with another collegiate basketball player, shout to Bree Singleton. Something happens at the end of everyone's career playing ball. Now, my last buzzer was in high school, and there's a few people that we know whose last buzzer was in college. But for you, you know, because the, the game of basketball will stop at some point in time, and that last buzzer is going to go off, and the ball is going to stop dribbling, and you're going to walk off the court and – I know you've already got a few things in place with the business, with the LLC. What is going to happen for you when that last buzzer sounds? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, fortunate enough, I'm fortunate that I started doing my community work, my nonprofit work, 
you know, about a decade ago now. So I've put in 10 years of work to where I've really, and I've done, I've, I've met people, I've grown my network, I'm learning about different industries, about different stuff. And, you know, it, it really, there won't be a transition for me because I've began my transition when I first began playing. So, I mean, I won't really experience probably the typical type of transition because I'm already kind of within it, you know. So what's next for me is, you know, using my platform, uh, aligning with a couple other platforms. And I've understood and learned the importance of sharing, you know, sharing our stories, sharing other people's stories, putting our stories with theirs and, you know, just combining our, our accomplishments, our what we've persevered through, you know, just putting it all together. So now it's just, I'll be able to just kind of talk about my story, kind of teach from it, you know, and just help people do the same and help them, you know, become their truest self and help them to accomplish their goals and dreams and, you know, just become one. You know, that, that's my goal is just to help people out uh, day by day. All right, so we reached that point where this is where you get to tell people how they can reach you, how they can follow you, how they can find you. Um, how can they do that, bro? Don't. No, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> can keep up or follow up on my IG or Facebook or Twitter, Brandon Wood 30. Uh, I'm pretty easy to find, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, bro. It's, it's it's all good, man. I appreciate this, bro. Man, it's been great catching up with you in this time. I appreciate you taking time out for this, man. It's been a blessing just to catch up with you, man. But you hell on that joke. You was absolute hell. That was real, though. And again, just thank you, bro. Like, you know, it's it's something I don't take for granted that people accept the invitation and then are able to, you know, share their life with us. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your mom and your dad. Shout to them both. Shout to your sister, Mariah. And, um, you know, shout to your wife, who I've, I've yet to meet yet, but I'm hoping the next class reunion, she pops up. And, you know, we have a great time. And I'm just grateful that throughout the years, we've really always stayed in contact and, you know, this is actually the second interview we've done. I did one with you back when I was at Ball State, and you've done write-ups about me, man, and it's always been um, a reciprocal type of love and relationship, man, and I'm I'm grateful to call you friend and brother in the same breath. Yeah, yeah, you know, man. Man, what? so what's up with you, man? What, what's next for you? What, what's in the store? What can we hear from Sam's? I got a few more episodes to drop of this one. Um, my season finale is going to cover a lot, bro, so definitely stay tuned for that. And definitely make sure you check out my next podcast venture that's on the way. So, you know, I may need you back again, bro. Yeah, that's what's up, bro. It's good to hear, man. That's the podcast. That's where it's at, bro. You sharing, you, you're doing, you know, what needs to be done. You know, you guiding, motivating, inspiring. You speaking to different people who've done different things in different places, you know, different industries, different cultures, different nationalities, you know. So, man, much respect to what you do for what you're doing, bro. And with that, that concludes this episode of What Do I Do Now? Again, special thank you to Brandon Wood, professional basketball player, philanthropist, and proud son of Kokomo, Indiana, the city of first. Yeah, no problem, bro. Thanks again. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you're telling somebody. Make sure you share it. And definitely check out the previous episodes. I got a lot of heat I've dropped this year alone. It's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Oh, I'm on there. This has been What Do I Do Now? I'll see you next Monday.